Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode episode of Biblio Escapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Dale Sutherland Roberts. Good morning, Dale. Morning, Ewan. Keeping well? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good stuff. So we're here, obviously, to talk about your recent publication uh, earlier this year called The Walk. Um, but before we get into talking about, about this and the work, it'd be great if you could give us a quick introduction to yourself and your photography. Yeah, so um, I'm based up in North Yorkshire and um, sort of the eastern fringes of North Yorkshire, just south of the North York Moors. Yep. So, um, very lucky in, in that terms. Um, my sort of photography journey, very much a cliche, started as a as a little kid, um, pinching my grandma's little 110 film camera um, and just taking pictures of everything. You know, my grandma always had that. That camera was there all the time on the yep. sideboard family events it always came out she had a little box in the um, sideboard of old old family pictures and pictures that um my granddad who was on the uh, hms belfast during the second world war so it was like this box of fascinating pictures that really um i don't know piqued that interest at a young age you know okay, yeah really see something there um and then I, the, the, so that was probably six or seven years old Stayed with me, um, peaks and troughs, and then in my early teens, I got a real bug for photography. Um, you know, absolutely buying every magazine that, that was available back then and <laughs> reading them word for word, even the adverts word for word about amateur photographer and things like that. And then as you get on in your teens, other things take your interests. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> photography fell by the wayside for a wheel uh, for a wee bit, and then my knock my pen over. Then my my dad bought me a Canon T ninety um, film camera, and again that yeah that that was an awesome camera. I wish I still had it. That yeah. kept that that going. Um, and then again, time out of that focusing on work and family. So I'm very lucky in that I photography is not about making money for me it's um yeah. it's almost a very selfish thing i do it entirely for myself yeah make pictures that, that i enjoy and absolutely that's my focus you know it's it's very nice having a salary that comes in that's unrelated and it's quite important for me that actually to keep photography as that that love that passion that i don't have to put any pressure on you know yeah. it really is is for me yeah Absolutely, yeah. It's very, very much the same for myself as well. It's very much a hobby and an interest, and I, I then feel no pressure to go and stand and not take any pictures. And I've still had a lovely morning out, as opposed to feeling the pressure of having to get pictures to sell them or do whatever you're doing with them. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a, it's a nice, it's a nice position to to be in to have it as a hobby. But I appreciate that for many people, it is their, it is their livelihood. Um, yeah, this is it. It's um, and it must have been a very hard. 18 months absolutely so it's a hard job anyway to work yeah. on, yeah. on the table through photography so no, i can't myself very lucky that i can be so self-absorbed yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the process yeah absolutely so obviously during uh, 2020 when we were all restricted to very short walks uh within what five miles of one's house or something like that anyway you uh, you began to you began to work on your body of work which then formed your publication the walk 
Um, so I'd be interested just to for for those who don't have a copy of, of your zine, just a bit of a background and inspiration in terms of how what I suppose how how the, the body of work came about, never mind the book. Yeah, so it was um it was a bit of a, a confluence of a couple of different things happening. Um I in my own work I began to um doubt is maybe the wrong word. I'm not doubting my own work in terms of quality because I, I like it for myself and that, that's all that matters. But in terms of whether I were making images that were still resonating with me, I felt like I backed into a bit of a corner creatively. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, making a lot of woodland photos, um, which I still love, don't get me wrong. But I felt that that's almost what all, all I was doing and I was yep. missing out on everything else. It's not fear of missing out. It was just that, you know, when you, when you first pick a camera up and you take a picture of everything. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you take a picture of the carpet, of the doorknob, of everything yeah. just gets your interest. And I, I felt like I'd lost something. So that, so that had been mulling over for months. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of conversations with other people about it and started to formulate some, some ideas. And then, bang, <laughs> COVID-19 hit. We were all locked down. And I. it was almost the thing that I needed to happen creatively to force me out of um, what, what I was used to, going out into the local woodlands and making images. I couldn't go in the car, jump in the car. Yeah. So um, at first it started with just having, working from home, having the camera next to me and taking pictures of shadows in the garden and the house. Um, and then we obviously started our daily walks. At first I felt really uncomfortable taking a camera on the daily walks. Um, so I did, and we do. We just sort of walked around and walked more or less the same route every day, with yeah. little different um, variations to it. But it all sort of centered on this area in the town that it's, a, it's a, the center of it is like a, it's an old Roman camp. Yep. Right by the one side of it, there's the remnants of an old castle, and then the other side of it is the remnants of an old railway line. Okay, right, yeah. So my head started thinking, you know, you you start developing these narratives and thinking what's going on in the world now with COVID-19 and other social issues throughout the world. And you think, what are we doing? As a species, what are we doing? You know, I'm walking through these old railway lines and seeing that the the nature is taking over again. Not taking over, but it's coming back. It's it's pulling fences down and breaking walls down. You can see this thousands of years old Roman camp where it's got trees growing out of it and it's all covered in grass. So this narrative began developing in my head of that, you know, that is this the point where nature is saying, right, enough's enough. We're kicking you, I'm kicking you out. (laughs) You know, it's going to come back. So as that develops, then you start noticing the things like the fences being pulled down by the brambles and, yep. and the trees growing up everywhere. Um, and then I, on walks, I began taking my camera with me and just making little images as we walked. I think, you know, looking back now in hindsight, there were probably little sketches trying to figure things out. Yep. Um, and then restrictions eased. Um, and it sort of coincided with autumn early autumn we had some amazing 
missed him awnings over a few weeks. Yeah. I, you know, it was a case of waking up, looking outside, seeing the mist, getting ridiculously excited for getting breakfast and the coffee that was brewing and running out of the door yep. with a camera and um, and then just following that, that known route because I was developing this connection with it and this sort yep. of metaphorical connection. And then just I started just making images, just playing, which, yep. you know, again, photography for me is just, yeah, it's fun. It's just playing. Um, but then it, it almost got this this different level came about because of the situation. Yeah. Um, and and that and it, it's really the first what I would say is a project. Yeah. Um, that I've really worked on photography and um, photographically. But that came about of its own accord. It yeah. wasn't a plan to make a project of this. Yeah. It, just a case of I've spent so much time in that place that you do get to know areas, and you, yeah. you get a feel. Well, you develop, you probably impart your own feelings upon it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it all starts to come, come together. Um, yeah, and, so. when, and, and when you're exploring it on a, on a daily or near daily basis as well, you begin to see things differently. You see things every day that you didn't see before. If you just walk, that, walk around it a different way, you begin to notice things that otherwise you would possibly have missed as well. Absolutely, yeah. You even, I mean, at that time of year, autumn, you're even noticing little minute changes in the leaves. Yeah. The, the little black thorns, just the, the leaves on them beginning to change colour and <clears throat> the water levels beginning to change. And yeah, you do, you get a real, um, real connection with the place. Yeah, and I and as you say, when you you also begin to understand how things appear under different weather conditions as well, whether mm-hmm. it be dry, big blue skies, lots of light, little light, mist, fog, etc. And I think yeah. that that's something that yeah, you, everyone you, when you return to even just doing more of the traditional landscapes, you return to similar locations to see what things look like under different conditions. Whereas when when you can walk out your door and see what you're shooting, see what you're trying to photograph and what you're working on, it's far more convenient because you build up a far better picture, much quicker, much more easily as well. You do, yes. And I mean, the, the some of the first photos in the book are 10 metres from the front door. Yeah. You know, something that you do every day and actually yeah. putting yourself into that, you know, as a photographer, you put yourself into a... But you don't put yourself into it. Sometimes it just happens. Your mind is in a certain place, and you yeah. really pick up. You really start seeing and picking up on those little, those little bits of detail. Yeah, but yeah, talk, talking about the body of work, I, I really like the blend between the urban feel and the the rural feel as well. As you move quite clearly in the opening images from what is very clearly on your doorstep with your with the JCB and then and then the, the children's swings and then you slowly begin to feel as though you're moving out out into maybe the parkland and then definitely defined far more into the into the countryside and I think there's there's a lovely feel working through it and then back round again. No thank you. Yeah it's um I mean that is essentially the that is the journey and the little yep. it's on the front cover there's a, a very faded in um route which is more or less the um the route of the journey from the front door um it's not a long walk it was one that we could do in an hour yep permitted walks that we could do then um it was strange and i think it comes it was very front and 
right at the front of my mind that every the streets were empty. Yes. You know, even we have a, a dual carriageway just on the road and we stood there for 10 minutes one day and didn't see a car and it's normally even. And it, yeah. I mean, we've all experienced that, every single person. And that, that JCB that's in there, you can just like see the um, the water on the inside of the windscreen because it hadn't moved. Yeah, for so long. For so long, and it, yeah, so that that's what I was trying to get across in some of those images later on, and then more more in the sequencing, using those images, yep. in the sequencing to give that that feeling of that we've all felt of stillness. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's and that I think it really comes across very clearly or you certainly get that impression and the feeling in the children's play park images now okay I admit these are probably photographed at times that children are less likely to be out playing yeah. but it certainly gives you it gives you the feeling that everyone thought of just total emptiness and silence and the quiet some a, a location that you normally expect children to be swinging and noise and everything like that and it's just an eerie silence that's it yes I mean the, the local playground I think it was a national thing but the the local yeah. playground was closed. Yes, yeah, yeah. closed. Yeah, signs up everywhere, and I was quite lucky. There's a public right of way runs through it. Yeah, um, which allowed yeah. me to get in there, and make some images. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, strange. It and, was and good, I, yeah, and I, I also what also comes across is the. It's like, as you say, you're talking about a walk, and it's a given route, and it's it is it's from start start to finish, and I think it. If a lot of people have talked about exploring what's on your own doorstep and I know other people have done things. Amar Sood, he did he did his, his work on uh, Park Park Life, was it? Which again, yeah. yeah, which again he was exploring his own doorstep. I think this your your body of work really shows the diversity and variety that does occur on some people's doorsteps. The fact that you really are urban to more of a park feel, but then some of the images to, to, towards this towards the latter half really have a very rural feel to them to a certain extent mm -hmm. and a real a real woodland so it, it just shows you that i suppose depending on your location the, the, the variety of, of subject matters and you that you can be shooting within within an hour of you within an hour of your own home yeah i mean there are always images to be made yeah everywhere we go um it's just about being in that receptive state of mind yeah almost and yeah just being open um, yeah. whatever the weather wherever we are when I as a I work in the environmental sector if you like so I, I spend a lot of time in rural very rural settings yes um, but at heart I'm a city boy born and bred in Leeds um, yep and both very different places but there, there are always something to be made even in your kitchen watching the light dance around the kitchen yep. walls there's always something to be made and yeah I think the situation over the last year, year and a half, has sort of um, probably allowed a lot of people to realise that. Yeah, and and do, and do you think it's it's helped maybe your your approach having a project to work on? <clears throat> was that something that you were keen to look at? Because obviously it was kind of forced on to you, I suppose, to a certain extent. But do you think you'd have gone down maybe not necessarily this project route, but you think you maybe would have gone down a project based opportunity if it hadn't been for COVID and, and do you think that that certainly helped your photography or give you more definition? It was the impetus I needed to do it. I've wanted yep. to do it for, I've had it in my mind that I wanted to 
take a, a more project orientated route for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'd never, I've had ideas, but never really had the opportunity or will. Or, Procrastination. Well, it's a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Too much of that um, to, to actually do it. And I think it was almost probably given too much thought to making a project, forcing it. And then it just doesn't come, doesn't happen. I mean, obviously, some projects need a very, very strong focus. Yes. Yeah. To see them right through. Um, but from a non commercial, selfish point of view, it's very yeah. nice to take that organic. Yeah and let it develop i've got a couple of other ideas that are sort of merging and coming together in my head yeah and allow allowing them to just do what they want to do if that makes yeah. sense yeah that that's it they'll develop over time and as you say there, there's no pressure so if it takes six weeks six months six years to to get a body of work that you need to complete it then it's it's one of the benefits of not being under necessarily the pressure of having to go out and, and try to force it and it, as you say it becomes more natural and if you've got two or three projects or themes running at the same time it allows you to to build up each one over time so you, you don't feel as though right, i'm going back out to shoot for this particular project or that particular project mm-hmm. you, t- you can just work around work around them all and just build them up slowly over time yes absolutely yeah i mean this wasn't like i said this ne- the intention was never to make this into a project after yeah. all the thought of wanting to do a project, this, yeah. this didn't occur to me in the early stages. Um, it was only when I began to sit down and post-process the images and look at what I had and see, oh, there's, there's something here. Yeah. Uh, and was it at that point you then thought, mm, there's something here, maybe I could make a book or something like that out of it? Was, was that always a, a thought or was it always something that you were interested in doing? I know certainly... Certainly the first six months of lockdown seemed to be a zine and book frenzy in terms of the number that were being produced. Um, so I suppose once you once you built up the body of work a bit more, was it something that really interested you and excited you in terms of do, doing something yourself? It was, yeah. So you mentioned Amar Sud, um, and I had a couple of conversations with him about it. I mean, I love both of these little zines, yep. really nice little things. Um, so I was already beginning to think, I'd like to do something yep. like that um, at some point with something. Um, and then I showed this, what I well discussed really what was going to turn into the walk with people. And said, oh, yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the project yes. know, rather than just the odd one or two images on Instagram or something. Um, yep. And then, yeah, so th- that was good. And I, before that, I picked up Paul Gotze, um zines, yep. collaboration zines. And- yes, yeah. They're nice and bodies they were, of work, yeah. They're they great. They were like the probably the first. I can't decide whether it's it's two early ones or whether Rob Knight did a lot of thing. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah. And they, oh, this is a really cool way of showing your work. Yeah. You know, um, something that is tangible. Yeah, you can absolutely. really spend time with. Yeah, absolutely. It's zines are zines are wonderful things. Extremely are extremely worthy additions and it's like you can really get a good grasp for someone and they don't need to be expensive or anything like that to produce but it gives it gives everyone an opportunity to to show their work and present their work in a in a printed tangible form for other people when you get such a variety of styles and you you 
of paper choices and things like that now as well. So actually there, there's a lot more customization that you can add your own touch and really give it, give it your own feel to it. That's it. Yeah. Now, I mean, since buying those other ones, I've built up a bit of a collection of zines and yep. I think they are probably, probably my favorite format. Yeah. Because you can put it on your desk yep. while you're working and just pick it up for a couple of minutes to rest your eyes or, yep. you know, you can have a load on your bookshelf yeah, a fraction of the price of some of the bigger books, well, and they're easy to read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's it. For, for me also, when when I'm looking at a book that's maybe 60 or 70 pounds, I'm also in the back of my mind thinking, right, okay, well, I could buy me 10 zines or something like that. And it's it's a, it's a balance. And um, I've talked about it before. It's like when people release special editions, I very rarely buy special, special editions of books. And a lot of that's down to the fact that my, my view generally is as well. If I buy a special edition, um, I could be using the money that that special edition is costing me to actually support other photographers, be it yeah. through books, zines, or whatever. Um, and that's generally the route that I go down. There are one or two. There's always exceptions to the rule and things like that. But but yeah, zines are such a great, wee, tangible a product that that's really worthy and it, you get a, such a variety of subject matters as well which i think works really nicely you do yeah actually for you know five or six pounds some zines you can pick up work that you yeah. wouldn't necessarily normally do um, that's it yeah and then it's like oh well this is this is fantastic so so yeah so when, once you decided that this was maybe going to be uh, a zine for you. What? How? How did you approach the? How did you approach the sequencing? Did you? Were there? Were there aspects or photographs that you felt you were missing still that you had to go out and specifically shoot for it, or or what was your approach? Because I noticed it's obviously you obviously made a decision early on to go black and white as opposed to any color, which I think for the subject matter works really well and it really adds to the atmosphere of the images. But um, it, there's there's a good number of images in it. So I'm just interested to know your approach to the, to the whole sequencing and image selection and curation. Yeah, so I mean, the black and white um, thing, if you like, started with me just saying that I would spend all of um, this year, at least, so 2021, shooting yep. black and white, just to get a better understanding of the process. Um, yep. I started that a bit early. Um, last year, obviously, yeah. when when I started putting the walk together, so that's where the, the black and white came from. It's um, I mean, it's looking. I have a couple of prints on my walls, and they're uh, yeah, seventy percent black and white. Yep, it's it's real. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Um, so I I think I had about one hundred and seventy images, right? Okay. Um, of the walk from ones that have been sketches. Or just trying out ideas. Um, and a couple of those are in the book. To you know, ones where I really wanted to go and make an image of this subject, yeah, the playground, for instance. That I really wanted to capture that because I thought it represented the the stillness. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I started with about 170 images. Um, you can straight away knock a few out that are yeah. Don't there's issues with them, the out of focus or yeah. whatever it is. I just don't, you don't like them. Um, and then, so then I got, we'd slowly got that down to probably a hundred images yep. over, over a few weeks of going back and forth to it and reopening it. I like to spend time away from work as well. Yep. Um, yeah. So often I'll shoot and not open the files for a month or two. Yeah. But so I, I tried to continue that process of having time away, having some consolidation and, 
letting your subconscious do some work. Um, then I got printed that sort of 90 or 100 images. Yep. Just tiny little cheap prints. Yeah, contact um, and Yeah, and then just laid them out on the living room floor just as a, yeah, no no, what, no real sequence to them, just as they came out of the packet, yep. laid them out. There were obvious ones that wanted to start going together or that wanted to go with the narrative that a game was coming and yep. was still developing in my head with the walk and then there's pairs and there's obvious pairs that go together the playground yes. ones go together and then you yep. that you naturally get ones that are you know there's almost the same image so you don't yes. want many of them in that yep. are telling the same story so you take those out um, and then it was probably about 50 images I got it down to where I started really thinking about true sequencing yeah, yeah. You know, specifics of it, of how many on a page, where I'm going to leave blank pages. Um, and that process I did over months. Yeah. So I would often spend a Monday or a Tuesday. First thing on the morning, I would lay the pictures out on the floor in the, and then have a little look at them for 10 minutes, maybe try moving some around. All the time taking pictures on my phone of what I'd moved. Just yeah, abs- yeah absolutely, yeah. Um, and then leave them out for the day and working from home. Every time I went to the loo, walk past them. Yeah. And tweet off. You'd notice something or just spend a couple of minutes looking. Um, and then making sure I had time away from them as well. Yeah. Work, but also only doing it for a couple of days a week. So you've got the rest of the week away from it. Yeah. Uh, again, it's amazing how much your subconscious works. Yeah. And these things. You know, laying in bed at night, wake up in the middle of the night, that image needs to go there. <laughs> you know, so people are making a note of that in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, and, and moving them the around the next day. And slowly it began to come together. And there's got to be a point at which you stop doing that because you can procrastinate and you can keep going with it. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so eventually. And then it's this. Then you taking into consideration the size of the zine, the cost, um, shipping costs, and things like that. And then it, you start to think, well, that ties in with actually. There's three images there that don't fit with the story. I really love the images, but um, they just don't fit. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to, you've got to be it. critical of your own work as well. Yeah. So that process got me down to probably about forty images. Can't remember. Is it thirty-seven? I think in the final. Yeah. Um, final one and I got it to a point there created a PDF of the of the book and sent that to a few friends yeah um, and they gave some ideas and some thoughts yeah. but at that stage I should add that the book had a lot more writing in it right okay so every few pages I'd left in the in version two probably um <laughs> Of the PDF, there were little snippets of text between a lot of the images. Yep. Um, and that was almost adding my narrative in there. Yep. What I've been developing in my head. And um, a, a friend who looked at it said, well, that's nice, but it makes it a bigger book. Yeah. And do you want to actually just let the pictures do the, the, the talking? talking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I spent some time thinking that one over. Thought, yeah, that she's absolutely right. Yeah, with, with that, um, and you know the sort of outro bit, if you like, is the only bit of text. Yep, and I think that is enough. I, I quite like the idea that somebody would pick it up, look through it, develop their own ideas, their own thoughts. Yeah, and then, and then we get to the end and think, oh, right, okay, so that that's maybe different, or that aligns with what I was thinking. Absolutely. Then I have another flick for it. Um, so, so yeah, that's where that went. Um, I had, I put a few things on um, Twitter, just a couple of pictures of the sequencing process, if you yeah. like, um, just for some thoughts. And Rob Knight really helped out. He gave me a list of pointers and thoughts to, yeah. to process. Um, so that was yeah, that was massively appreciated. That helped develop some thoughts as well. I thought, yeah, I'm finally at a point now where I start pressing ahead and developing something physical properly. Yeah, well, that's it. It's 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 a it's a long process, and particularly when you're working down from so many images, it's understanding the story to tell as well. Because you've also got a very specific route that you've got to. It's all got to tie in. You can't be doesn't really work jumping from played round to rural to played round to rural etc so there's a natural story for you to for you to tell and i think i think it's a real balance and and very well balanced between the between the different different elements that you've put together um, and they really nicely play off each other but uh, but yeah it's i think it's also good as you say to to get feedback and input from others who you who you trust and and we'll give you honest feedback as opposed to just going to the friends who come back and say, yeah. that's wonderful. Saying that's wonderful really is of no, no benefit. It's like nothing can ever be perfect. So there, there must be something that they've seen that, and whether or not you, whether or not one agrees with what a friend says, that's entirely relevant. But even if it just stimulates some additional thought in terms of, mm, I can maybe think about this or think about this differently and stuff like that as well. I think it all, all helps in the, in the overall process. It just sharpens it up every time. It does, yeah. I mean, you you have to be honest to yourself as well and keep that integrity that that's yeah. the story that you want to take. Um, so the people that you approach for it, um, you, I don't know, you don't want to approach people that are going to be too too strong and enforce yeah. their own ideas yeah. on it, but give you valuable, constructive feedback. Yeah. Then I say you can go with that or you can choose not to. But, Absolutely, um, yeah. It's all it's all it's all down to your personal preference at the end of the day. It's your work, so you always have to go with what you feel comfortable with. Um and so when it came to when it came to it, was it Mixam or You Love Print or someone like that that you were using to, to do it? Or who did how did yeah, you go about that? I was Mixam. Um yep. yeah, I mean a few conversations with Ma, he'd use them. Um Paul Gotts has used them quite a bit and yep. a few other yep. people. Um, and they, you know, the, the process of uploading a PDF is very easy yes. to make them. Um, they also provide quite a lot of detail on, you know, how to set that PDF up in terms yep. of borders and bleed um, yep. and even how to set your spine up and things like that. So that was very good. Um, and the, the costs of mixing mean that you can, the costs are relatively low. So yep. you can go for a, a thicker paper choice. You know, yes. you can go for PUR binding and yeah, things like that. Um, I'm not quite sure if I would have chosen the same paper again. Right. Okay. With them, um, but I mean, to be fair to mix them, I sent off for a just a a sample pack. Yeah. And a couple of days later, they sent a couple of sample packs. So you, we don't have a massive range of paper, but we've got enough that you can choose from. Yeah, there's enough variety. 
Yeah, there is, yeah. Um, and it, it was a pretty good process. There were a bit of an issue with print quality on a few of them. Yep. Um, but to be fair to Mixum, I contacted them, sent them a couple of pictures of the issues, and by the end of the week, so I was like Monday or Tuesday, by the end of the week, I had another parcel on the doorstep and replacements. Yeah, which so, is good. Yeah, yeah, I tell. I mean, the black and white images, and a lot of them have got quite a lot of negative space, so they're not the easiest things to to print. Yeah, to print. So yeah, yeah, it, it's good that they they reacted so well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, that's it, and I, th- I think they they will continue. Really, a company has to do that; otherwise, they're all of a sudden going to start. People will stop using them because yeah. you'll have your experiences, which you'll share with other people, and then that filters down to their experiences. And before you know it, the companies begin to lose credibility if they're sending out products that are being poorly printed and not and not replacing them. Um, but uh, yeah, so and when it came to when it came to selling them, I, I don't know if I recall. Did you maybe put a note out or something about that you're thinking of doing it? Did you do pre-orders and things like that? Because there's always some people ask how. Um, how people who are maybe self-publishing something, how, how they fund it and stuff like that. And then obviously with the bigger books, pre-orders are very much the way to the very much the way people seem to go these days. But interested to know from your perspective how, how you approached it with regard to the walk. Yeah, so it's it's a very hard thing to quantify how yeah. many people are gonna be interested <laughs> I, in it. Um, yeah. there were a couple of people that said before that had already had an interest and said they'd love to see the project. Um, yeah. And then I thought, well, I'll, you know, using it. When having put those pictures on Twitter of just the sequencing, then a few more people came forward and said, oh, this is, this is really exciting. Um, they'd like a copy. So then I, as it began to develop and I was getting toward the, the go button pressing, um, I put a couple of posts probably on Twitter and Instagram saying, you know, I'm doing this scene. If you're interested, let me know. There was no commitment. Um, it wasn't a pre-order as such, and you know, there was no money changing hands or and yep. anything like that. But I built up a, a list of people. So then, when I um, got to the sort of final stage, just sent everybody a quick message saying, "Look, if you're still interested, um, yep. Yep. let me know. It, it should be in the next week or so. Um, it's X amount, and then." Yeah, I think so. There's 50 altogether, and out over 30 were sort of sold within that initial period. Period, yeah, which was a bit crazy, really. Because I, yeah. I mean, I'd, I had no real idea of numbers. I was thinking probably 20. Yes, it might, yeah. I might just do a little run of 20, um, and then that gave me a bit of confidence and think, well, that those 30 I'll pay for doing 50. Yeah, so there's no financial cost, no yep. loss to me on that side out, out from the printing. So I did 50, and when they came, um, again, took a couple of pictures of the book, yeah, with Zine on the um, on social media, and I think they were all sold after two weeks. Very good, yeah, um, very quickly anyway. Which yeah, still can't quite believe it. it's a bit weird. Um, yeah. In fact, some of the you know some of the people that have bought them are I idolise really in the yeah. photography world. So it's yeah, still still takes a bit of getting your head around. Um, so yeah, that's where the that process went. And then the 
that I re- I loved the sequencing. I obviously love taking the, the process of taking the, the images, making yeah. the images. And love putting it all together on the computer and then getting the box of zines in your hand and opening them and flicking through. It's, it's crazily exciting, you know. Absolutely. You, know, well, you, you see all your work, all the effort that you've put in come together and that's the that's the finished product. That's what you're, that's what you're there with. So it's, it's the months that you've spent flicking through and just changing the odd picture here and there. It all feeds into the output of the process and, and what, and the finished product that you've ended up with as well, which, um, which is all part of the reward and the, the anticipation as well of, of seeing exactly what it's going to look like when it's finished. And I think at one point as well, you're maybe talking about doing like a, second edition or a second printing but i think you've just you've opted now for an online web version of it of the project yes i did so i mean i was i wanted to keep the thing the whole the the zine um relatively cheap yep again i said before you know zines almost should be cheap and they should be democratic and that people yeah can them. it's accessible yeah absolutely yeah um and i did think of doing it i I still now and again we get one or two messages asking if I'll do a second edition. Um, now I spent some time mulling that over, as you know, and asked a few questions and got some yeah. really useful feedback from yourself and from a few other people, um, and ultimately decided not to. Yeah, not to do that. Um, and that that's really a personal choice of yeah. I, there's there's almost got to be a stop because I want I've got other things that I want to work on. Yeah. Um, also, people, are, I, I numbered these books, and that was almost a last-minute decision to make them a, a, a true edition of 50. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I want to honour honor that. Um, it's not about making money. Um, and so, the, yes, I made the sort of decision to put them on a portfolio online yeah. so that people that want to see them can, can see them, yeah. come them and flick through them. So some decent resolution images yep. online um, that people can access. Yeah. Well, actually, I think it's I think it's a nice balance. As you say, you, you could go and you could print another 50 and then what do you do when you get to the end of the second printing and there's more people who want it, you print a third 50 and you, you could be printing them in 50s for for the foreseeable future. And as you say, sometimes it's nice yeah. just to, to call it a stop. And I think it depends on every project every project's different and you, you might take a different approach with your next project and do a bigger run or decide, well, actually you're just going to do them in batches of 50 and, and you, you take it from there. If you get a bit more, a bit more confidence and more feedback now that you've been through the process the first time. So I think, yeah. I don't think there's, there's no right or wrong way. That's, that's the thing with these things. One person's approach, someone else takes an entirely different view perspective on these things. And um, that, that's, yeah. that's how we all work. You, uh, yeah, you see, you see people producing second and third editions of it, and um, yeah, it's 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 all basically it's very hard for most people to judge demand for for something. It's like it's it's very easy people. It's very easy for people to say, yeah, I'd definitely buy, it. and then when they're faced with actually having to type in their credit card details or transfer yeah. money on PayPal, it can be a very different experience. Um, you always hope that your mum will buy a copy, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, you're really kind of relying on a. On kindness of, of people to, to to follow through and but i think there's an active community of people who enjoy photo books and zines and things like that zines in particular and um, 
And I th yeah, I think if you produce something that's of interest and appeal to people, um, and they feel part of the journey and see it and, and see it progressing and developing, then I think there's always interest there. Yeah, the, yeah, I think that's right. Actually, yeah, but seeing that journey through and actually seeing some of the images of the sequencing and where it yeah. comes from, then actually seeing the thing in your hand at the end of what came of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I, I like I love the teams. I said before, and I love watching other people go through that process as well. So yeah, yeah, completely. So yeah, obviously you like zines and you like photo books, um, and one of the most interesting parts for me of of the podcast series is always to understand what uh, what are your favorite photo books and favorite zines that from other photographers. So I'd be interested to hear maybe three or four of your favorite selections from uh, from your own bookshelf. Yes. So as everybody says, blooming hard. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's not meant to be easy <laughs> that, that's right yeah um, I mean there's a, so the first one yep is um, Paul Sanders Solace oh yeah very nice is, yeah just incredible you know it really is an incredible book and that is the sort of crowning jewel of my collection um, I yeah. after getting this I've got number 107 um, and I Sat through, I sat with that book oh, most nights for probably about a month. Right. Looking at it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the the way it's sequenced and the way it works. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's handmade. It's been, yeah, yeah it's, been it's been beautifully produced as well. That's the other thing. Really, really nicely yeah. done. Yeah, so I, th I think Paul worked with Eddie Framus. Um, yeah, he did, yeah. Which shows in the quality. I mean, yep. we all know Paul's work is out there, amazing. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, so yeah, a lovely little book, T very tactile little book. Yep. Yes. Um, again, it's a nice form that just sits sits in your hand and sits on the shelf. Yep. Yet, if you dropped it, it would take up half of your living room as it unfolds. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, but it's nicely done. And it's it's nicely made in terms of just the it opens. Um, and you're you're then you then have to stop and pause and look at the photographs as opposed to just being a traditional concertina style book. So yeah, really very yeah. nicely done. It is very very well done. Um, so the next one, yep, is this little luminous of light, Andy Holliman. Oh yes, yep. Um, that's a great little zine. Um, I mean, I very I love abstract images, multiple exposures, ICM. They tick a lot of boxes, um, and it, it's flicking through it again now. There's some images in there that blow my mind, really. I sit yeah. there for ages looking at them and taking them on. And again, a lovely little zine that sits there. The reproduction's great. It's Kozu. Yep. Yes. Published book. Um, so, yeah, another... Yeah, really, Lovely. it's a really nice, really nice body of work from another local area to him as well. So yes, which is really very nicely done. Yeah, that's right, and it's um, it got my head thinking of a couple of ideas for other projects as well. Yeah, absolutely, so, that's it. Yeah, inspires other people. It does, yeah, yeah, which is part of the reason. Yeah, you know, well, part of the benefit of collecting a few books. Yeah, and the other one, uh, another one is. Um, Guy Dickinson's work. Oh, yeah. I did write down Epistle One, um, which is a couple of zines yeah. in one and some other ways of printing. You know, there's postcards in there as well and fold out yes. fold out leaflets showing his work. And this is this is fantastic. The work 
the guy produces is yeah, it's fantastic. really good. Yeah, yeah, but I love how he's um, thinking differently. Yeah, about how he's showing that work. Yeah, all um, of the, all of the zines and books are really nice. They're all just slightly different, and there's some similarities flow through. But again, there's a whole variety of techniques and and paper choices and things like that that just really add to the tactile experience of guys' work. That that's it. The um, you're really exploring that printed medium. Yes. Yeah. Again, that has got me thinking of how I want to explore future projects or to put them out there, yeah. out into the world. Um, yeah, wonderful work. Yeah. Guy. Um, and then number four, we'll call this the last one because it's the last stand. Yep. Mark oh, Wilson. Yeah. I think yeah. quite a few people that have been on the, um, the podcast have mentioned this book. Yes. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's um, an having interest in that in the Second World War and history anyway. I've quite a lot of normal history books, if you like. Um, yeah. Amazing photography. Great stories that go with it. Um, and uh, as a bonus, my wife bought me this for our 10th anniversary. So. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> lovely. I'm looking, I'm looking forward. I really like Mark's work. I'm looking forward to his new book coming out as well, which I think's now in the stages have been printed. Um, but yeah, The Last Stand's really, really nice. What a wonderful body of work. Really is very, very good. It is, yeah. I have both of Mark's books um, that he's done so far, Travelogue and then the, the new one um, on order as yep. well from the Kickstarter. I think that, you know, to give a shout out to Mark, that is such an important piece of work that's coming. Yeah. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it, but equally know that It'll There'll be, be lots of um, lots of tears and heart yeah. and stones yeah. and heart reading that book. Yeah, at seven hundred pages, it will not be a quick read. It either that's one thing it won't. for sure. No, 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 it won't. But um, yeah, I mean, well done, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a phenomenal effort, a real dedication, and I'm glad to see so many people have supported that project because I think it is one of these things that really deserves to be shared wide widely it does it's incredibly important i'm yeah. hoping you know it'll be something that i'll pass on to my son that book and yeah keep telling the story keep absolutely very good so obviously your your plans for the future you're now working on a few other projects so can we maybe expect to see some some future zines or publications of some sort from you do you think that's a it's something that's really interested you or as you see it as a, a way for outputs of your work yes definitely um i i don't know when Yep, quite how absolutely yeah um but it's yeah again allowing that process to come about organically not every not every project suits a zine absolutely um yep. so it's got to be right but yep. again looking at guy's work and how he's yeah putting that out there in different ways absolutely um, yeah almost little packs of a few projects in one yeah uh, that's really interesting me um yeah. so yeah there will be like same i've got a few projects either on the go or ones that have just come about randomly that have developed into something. Then yeah. a couple of things for, for um, longer-term projects in, yeah. in my mind and early stages of planning. How many of them will ever see the light of day? Well, that's <laughs> it. That, yeah, but it always, when, when you're doing it as a hobby, it's always interesting just to have those interests and those ideas keep flowing and you, and you build up over time. And as you say, yeah, you look at the way guys doing it and 
it's wee intricate packs. There's maybe a small zine, but then there's other elements, postcards, prints, maps, fallouts, and stuff like that. That just yeah. add, and it gives you more. You don't need to be producing these in high quantity numbers because it's more of a. It's like more of an artist's book, and it's it's a it's a piece of art in itself. Never mind just the photography yeah. inside it as well. So yeah, there's there's loads of different ways and of of doing these things, and you see the people who do the handmade books as well, which really it opens up your world to a whole different array of being able to present your work. And even if you're just making one copy for yourself, it's a wonderful way. To, it's a wonderful way to do it because you can really experiment and do something that's really quite unique and print all the images out yourself spend time getting them exactly how you want them because you're maybe only doing 15 images or so for for your own body of work yeah i mean it's something that i fully intend on doing over the next year or two as a course on i'm, I'm making books yeah Two people like lizzie shepherd and yeah again paul gotts that are doing those um yeah it would be a massive learning curve for me yeah. um just just like putting the scene together was it you know, it's not something yeah. that i've ever done yeah um, so, but that's part of the fun of it. That, that's it. It's, it's part of the fun of it. You learn new skill and you learn from every time you do it and you seek to improve on the next one. And, and even once you've done a few, it's you'll still always find ways to improve from, from, from one to another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's things I've learned from doing this one that I would do yep. differently next time. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's, all, it's all, yeah. all part of the process. Definitely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you this morning, Dale. Great to hear about uh, about the walk and, and your whole approach to the project as well and how it's maybe influenced your, your other projects going forward. So, yeah, just to say thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thanks to you, Ewan. It's um, been a real honour coming on and being asked to come on. Absolutely. Um, so, my, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks very much. No, great work with bibliosceps and with the podcast it's yeah yep, glad you great resource yeah no, glad you. you enjoy them and i i think i'm glad everyone else enjoys listening to them hopefully it gives a, a nice variety um of different backgrounds and different approaches to it and uh, yeah it's uh, there's been so i've had 50 however many wonderful discussions so we'll, we'll see how many i can continue doing on a weekly basis um but we'll, we'll maybe move to fortnightly at some point just to give myself a breather. Otherwise I'll, <laughs> otherwise I'll run out of books to be perfectly honest. So but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all good. As long as, as long as people keep enjoying them, then I'll, and I keep enjoying doing them, then I'll certainly keep on making as many as I can. Oh, great stuff. Ian. Magic. Thanks yeah. very much. Cheers, Dale. Brilliant. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. Cheers.